You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Play Tessie. It is Coop joined along with Gordo and Sammy. Pat is somewhere off in the ether while he tries to fix his laptop. He's resuscitating it. I don't think you're supposed to put your lips on it, but I caught an image of him doing it anyways. This is episode 12 of Play Tessie. The Eric Kinski, Brock Holt, Marwin Gonzalez, and yes, the Chang Gang, you Chang episode. The official podcast of worn out denim hats and also known as the official red Sox podcast of weei guys winter week winter winter weekend i keep doing this i'm I'm excited for winter weekend but the winter meetings are almost done gordo your time in nashville the sun is setting and the sun also might be setting on the rest of the al east as the yankees have done what I really don't like I I went to bed knowing that these rumblings were happening, knowing that the grumblings were coming, that the Bronx Bronx Bombers were going to add an additional brother <laughs> after just adding Alex Verdugo. We were all saying, oh, Alex, oh, and we just lost Gordo. Uh, what is going on with technology? It's just you and me today. Coop. Let's all right. Go. So, all right. This is us just crying about Juan Soto because that's what I was about to get to. Juan Soto is no longer a Padre. He's going to wrap up the last year of his contract in San Diego. Or no, sorry. The last year of his contract in San Diego is going to be wrapped up in New York. Uh, that's a hell of a lineup they've got in New York now. I I don't love it. Yeah. No, I mean, I saw a lot of, uh, as the kids say, coping on Twitter from our fellow uh, Red Sox fans. There's no way to cope. I mean, the Yankees no. just got maybe the best hitter on the planet. I wouldn't put him that high, but he's close, man. He is a beast. And they're pairing him with Aaron Judge, who if you don't think Juan Soto is the best hitter on the planet, you probably think Judge is. So, yeah, man, it sucks as a Red Sox fan. But the, the saving grace is that the Yankees franchise is under just insane pressure with that contract running out doesn't work for them next year they could be in a bad situation so let's just hope the yankees don't win the world series in 2024 because then we laugh at them and the tables turn once again so lot of d lot of da i mean like the cop the copium is quite literally if they don't win this year then they're never going to be winning with what they're doing right now i mean like i don't see juan soto being signed for multiple years brian cashman has already come out and said an extension has not been discussed yeah yeah like they just woke up he, he didn't is, say where it could be like a one-year deal. So he's prepared for it to be a it, It's 2024 a bust, which that scares me because it means that they're most likely out on Yamamoto. I don't see them go. Maybe. Don't, Maybe. don't. I like this. Don't is say that. They're, they're, number two, they're not they're number out two, at all. They're, they're number two starter. As it stands right now, their number two starter, Rodon, had an ERA close to seven 
last year, and they lost Montas, who didn't even pitch for them last year. So I wouldn't but say they they're might out be, of that, but I don't think they might be looking at the way Breslow and Cora are saying like the Red Sox are good the way that they are. They might just be like, hey, pitchers had a down year last year. That can't happen back to back years. Hey, well, credit to the Yankees. At least when they have a deficiency, they friggin' go out and they try to fix it. It doesn't always work, but at least they try, which is, you know, more than we can always say for the Red Sox. As 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 successful as they've been over the last 20 years, there have been so many instances of like, why did you not fix this? Like, we'll never know how much success they missed out on with all the errors they've made. But at the same time, we're thankful for the success. So it's a weird place to be, and we appreciate it, but we also hate it. We're Red Sox fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I guess that kind of segues us into our first topic of now as we sit on Friday, well, sitting on this at Thursday night, right before the Patriots are about to make our eyes bleed. Um, But as you're listening to this on Friday, the Red Sox still stand without making a major move. We were told two starting pitchers. I don't know if you want to say Weissart is a pitch starting pitcher that they wow. traded. No, you know, no. Not, he's not a starter. No, I hope to God he's not that one of the two starters that we've been promised. Uh, hey, so it's really like at least how do the Red Sox respond to this? Like, I, like what do they do? I know it they haven't made any big, like, they haven't made any big additions, of course. But like Breslow showed you, like he's got balls. He traded Verdugo to the Yankees as his first move. That's ballsy. So you can't say this guy's afraid to make big moves. You know, controversial maybe moves even so. I feel a little more confident, but I'm also every hour that ticks off the clock, I just talk myself into like the most negative scenario. And I get all my friends texting me like they haven't done a thing. What's going on, man? It's high. And then you get these reports. I believe it was Jen McCaffrey had one today that said people are talking about how it feels like the Heimblum era still. From within the organization. Hold on. Just not people. People within the organization are already saying this feels very similar to the way that Heim Bloom started out his regime. But this doesn't I, fit my narrative, so I'm going to ignore it. Yeah, yeah, I, I I, think that's good. Gordo, if you're there, go fire away, dude. Wait, can can you guys hear me? Yes, hear Robo me? Gordo, we got you. <laughs> okay. I Yeah, Sammy, we talked about it in the group chat about like the, the whole Heim approach thing, and is that like, is that bad? I don't even think that's necessarily bad. I, I'm glad that they have a wide net cast because I think that there's a scenario where if they target a guy like Yamamoto thinking that he can be had for 220 and then all of a sudden his market balloons to 290, then they're caught with their pants down when they don't get the guy. When you cast, when you cast a wide net, you prepare for a variety of outcomes. Then if Yamamoto's market goes past what you're looking for, then you have a plan. So for sure. the issue, the, the hope is that I think the hope is that ownership has changed. Like I don't, I don't care if Breslow operates. I, I actually kind of hope Breslow operates similarly to Heim. The one thing we need to change is ownership's approach to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, change ownership's approach to it, but also we've heard the rumblings that Heim was a little bit indecisive. So I, there's, there's good qualities that Heim had, and I, I agree with you. I hope Breslow shares those same good qualities, um, but we need. We need the aggressiveness that we saw with the Verdugo trade. It's a good start. I know people, not everyone's crazy about the return. There was this narrative that's been going around where people are like, you should have packaged him in a deal for a starting pitcher. Like that's so niche and specific, but whatever. I just like that he was aggressive and it's a big balls move dealing with the Yankees, your first thing. So yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not 
talk myself into being negative because I don't want to. Hand is, is the hand over the panic button? This isn't my question oh, I want to no. ask you, but is the hand no, over no. the panic button? No, if you're, it, dude, it, it's, this, it's December 7th while we're recording, December 8th when this releases. If you're panicking right now, give me a break. There's so much time left. The targets that we want, Yamamoto, for me, Solaire, all these guys, all these trade targets we've talked about, they're all still available. So the only guy that I thought was a good fit that's gone is Aaron Nola. And I, I mean, I guess Erod, but that was kind of like on the back burner. Montgomery's still there. Yamamoto's still there. You can still trade for Seas. You can still trade for Burns. Don't panic. The yeah. top level of like any type of talent is still out there. Like it, Juan Soto wasn't even on the market. That's why I'm not really panicking about this. Yeah, it sucks that he's going to be within your division. And it just kind of kicks up the flame on Craig Breslow. But if you're panicking right now, I think you're way overreacting. What I'm a little bit worried about um do you think Verdugo was a bit of a bad trade? No. No. You don't think I don't, like any bit of that was just I don't, like pop my cherry, I need a I need to move on from this guy. I don't think that you can say that the tr- like it, this is this trade is going to be the same thing as what we said about Renf- the Renfro for Jackie trade at the moment. Like you can't evaluate these trades knowing as little about the pitching that we're getting as we do without knowing who the replacement for Verdugo is. So I want to see who they get to be, if they sign an outfielder, if they trade for an outfielder, and I want to see who their second baseman is before I get on them. Because they they have a, they had a surplus in the outfield. They had a surplus of left-handed hitting outfielders. Like, this, this was a guy that they could more than afford to trade, and they needed pitching depth, so they got that. Like, yes, I would have much rather see, seen them get Glaber Torres for Verdugo, but I don't think we can say it was a bad trade because they got worse because it's December 7th. But I want to go back and answer your other question about the panic thing. My hand is not over the button, but it but it is out of the pocket. My hand was in its pocket. Now it's out of the pocket. What the hell is your like, hand doing in your pocket, bud? Because weirdo? before I was so unpanicked. The Were panic button off sitting, so you don't pee yourself? The panic button was sitting in front of me, but I was so untempted by it that my hand was just sitting in my back pocket. So are you, now, is your hand just like, is it just said, like, what are you doing with your hands? Now, just, like, is it just out in the open? No, it's, it's like sitting on my leg. So it's in the same spot, but okay. there's just no, there's no clothing bordering it in the button. Like, if now, Yamamoto would you signs, say on your I knee or just, on your thigh? Definitely what my thigh. Of your leg? Okay. Definitely so a little like relaxed, a little thigh. tense though. I would say if, oh, it's relaxed. If you're it's listening relaxed. right now and you're sitting down, go ahead and put your hand on your thigh and just feel, feel what kind of energy you feel. It, it's it's tense. relaxed. It's, it's relaxed. relaxed. No, you, okay. you should be relaxed. I feel yeah, a little tense. Relaxed. Here, this this might make you feel better. I've got some got some big breaking news. Oh, <laughs> our guy Red Sox stats, who we all respect, great person to follow if you're a Red Sox Twitter person. Red Sox stats has their confidence in the Red Sox signing Yamamoto at fourteen percent. Oh. I think that's solid. What? No, I hate it. Yeah, you got to consider you got like, like 10. How many other teams on them? Yeah. So what? Look, Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, who we'll talk about soon. Dodgers, Giants. um, Who am I forgetting? I would assume the Blue Jays are talking to him if they're talking to Otani. Probably forgetting. There's a lot of of teams that are looking. Hmm? I know. I said maybe the Cubs. Cubs, yeah, Cubs. 
the A's might be in it. Who knows? The A's uh, might be mystery in it. team. Mystery team. Uh, Orioles might get sold. They might be in. Who knows? Oh, that's so bad. Oh my <sighs> God! The Orioles who just signed Craig Kimbrell after another meltdown postseason, and they're like, they got they got Cano who can replace Bautista easily. One of the best rookie pitchers in baseball last year. And they're like, no, let's go spend 13. I don't get moving on from Bautista. He's hurt. Have a great 2020. Yeah. But like Tommy John, he's out for the year. Oh, he's out for the year. I didn't think he was out the whole year. No, he's a monster, but he's out for the year. So they needed a, they needed a closer, but like, just, all right. So I just learned something else new today. That sucks. Yeah. Anyway, we're not an Orioles podcast. We do. I I do kind of sympathize with that fan base because they put, I, I like seeing the birds. I like seeing the birds in the Rays are teams that I have like on equivalent levels, even though the Rays have been much better than the Orioles forever. But I just grew up with both teams sucking. I would rather see the Rays or the Orioles do much better than the Rays. Like they're the little brother that you actually like, like the youngest brother. The Rays are maybe like the second youngest brother and they're just annoying. I hate both of them. I just feel bad for the fan base. I, I don't want them to ever improve, but I do feel bad for them. It's kind of sadistic. Evan Longoria kind of sucked me in on that. Um, so, I mean, how? not, not like this. Um, <laughs> we all know I, uh, Isaiah Campbell is my one and only. Yeah. Uh, but I want to move on to, I mean, Pat, we didn't really get to gauge your opinion on, like, where where do the Red Sox kind of rebound here? It, are they able to? Are, is there anything that they can do to kind of solidify themselves as an ALE's favorite leaving the offseason? I am on an absolute emotional roller coaster because oh, great in our group chat. I wish you could all see Pat's texts in our group. He's he's feeling it because so going into the offseason, I felt pretty good. And then you see the reports of they had interest in Erod, but they backed up because they're in on uh, Yamamoto and Imanaga. I'm like, OK, I'll take that. And then the athletic article comes out and it says so far it's been they've been operating like the first four years or three years of Heim, which isn't a great feeling. And I don't know. I have a gut feeling that they're not gonna match the price on Yamamoto. But I don't think Craig is afraid to trade. We I mean, obviously we saw that with Verdugo. So I wonder if he sees that the Yankees and the Mets bidding 250 to 300 for Yamamoto and he just goes, screw this, and hops in the bidding on Cease or Burns. They're not in on rentals, but they should be if they don't get Yamamoto. I'm so 50-50. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this last episode. You can miss out on Yamamoto if he prefers a different city. But if it's because of money, like, then it's the issue. I mean, yeah. here, let me let me go back. I mean, Chris Chris Cotillo brought up like he kind of called John Henry poor today. I don't know if you guys caught that on uh, Twitter earlier. I want to find yep. the exact text because it was in reference to Jim McCaffrey's uh, article. Said, anyone, anyone starting to wonder if quote in on everybody favorites for no one end quote is a budget problem. I don't think I think that's more of him being frustrated with the fact that John Henry doesn't want to talk to him, Um, which I get. I I, his job is to cover the team. If he's not getting all the information he wants, it it gets frustrating. Um, But I don't think at any point fans should be like John Henry's cheap. I think that's the farthest from the truth 
at all. Well, uh, if, is he is he cheap in the fact of how he wants to pay players? Yeah, but I don't think he's kind of withholding money or he's lying about the books uh, to just get by. What if I don't go over the luxury tax this year and they're under it after getting under it last year? What if they stay under it? Well, that is I a mean, problem. That's I don't practice. think that happens though. Like no, that's, that's unacceptable. That's this is like what if this is like talk show radio that needs to fill time. What ifs? Like I just don't think that's a reality. No, I don't think it's worth talking about yet because it because we're so like we we've talked about how many players are still left on the market. Like it is so early, and the Yankees are kind of the only team that have gone and like made significant progress this offseason like so many free agents are out there so many trade candidates haven't been moved like we can't get there yet but obviously if they do get there then there isn't a single fan that should still be in their corner yeah Yeah, i mean every right to be rip shit if the red sox don't like spend it's so simple man i mean and and like we've talked about this we've preached patience episode one yeah episode one look 2020 they sold Mookie, get out of the luxury tax. They sold us on this vision. We're going to build up the farm. We're going to have a core. We're going to supplement. Okay, cool. 2021, awesome. Way over exceeded expectations. Fun season. Didn't win the World Series, but fun anyway. 2022, step back. Kind of confusing. Like, why do you not supplement that team? But okay, we still get it. You got to get under the tax. You got to build the core. Then they lock endeavors. Then it's 2023. One more year of this, and we go, okay, cool. We kind of get it now. Now the core is in place. Devers is locked in. Now we go. So here's the time. If they don't supplement, I got nothing left to say in the way of standing up for Red Sox ownership. So eh, no pressure, but got to get it done. My biggest fear at this point in time is they're justifying not paying other free agents because, and they're going to like cite well, a team with two $300 million contracts can't really supplement around, blah, blah, blah. So we settled for these two $80 million. It does not matter. Look at the Dodgers. Look at the Yankees. Look at the Mets. Look at the Padres. These are teams that... Rangers. Kn- they know... Yeah, they know... World Series spending. winners. They spent a That's ton over multiple seasons. Look at the re-short stop sign. They bought the best middle infield in baseball. The and Phillies. Well, the Phillies. The Phillies have gone back to back. There you go. Like, if you spend on, if you smartly spend, the Padres paid Xander Bogarts and they had two shortstops. <laughs> if you spend wisely, which Yamamoto would be unequivocally the smartest way to invest your money. If you invest it smartly, it does not matter how many big payroll or how many $300, $200 million contracts you have. When you get reckless with it, a la San Diego, and I would even say the Mets, yeah, that's when yeah. the shitstorm starts. Like, if you spend it wisely, Yamamoto is the age of which your quote unquote young core, he'll grow in with them. He's 25 years old. You do not have a single pitching prospect in the top, I would argue, 200 prospects in baseball. Not one. Dude, they, they uh, Richard Fitz, who they just got, you could argue this is the only guy in their top 20 who projects as a major league starting pitcher. Yeah. Like Perales, small, big effort, probably. It could be an amazing closer someday. Wickelman, good pitcher, windups kind of all over the place. We talked about this after the trade. This might be the (laughs) Dick Fitz might be the only starting pitcher in the organization. So, I mean, you said it, Pat. You said it perfectly. There's 
the fit couldn't be better with Yamamoto. There's no excuse unless he prefers a different city. So, oy vey. I mean, it, it, this kind of ties back into my point on core, like the frustration with Corey and Breslow saying that the team as it is right now can be good enough. And it's like, no, it can't. Like, even the, even the guys down at AAA aren't enough because you do not have pitching down there. If you want pitching, it's not going to be coming from within. It's coming from outside the organization. And like we said, still early. It is December 12th. Sorry, December 8th when you're... I don't know why December 12th stuck out in my mind. But it is December 8th. <laughs> There's still so much time between now and pitchers and catchers. So it, things will get sorted out. I'm optimistic on that. It's, I'm just getting impatient. That, and it's I, the end-all be-all. I, I think the reason it's justified for you to be impatient is because of what... Like, this team is in a position where they... Like, you guys are talking about the pitching lack of pitching profit, prospects they have. Yet, they have such a good farm system overall because their bats down there are so good. So, like, yes, like, and we're going to get into the offense and, like, how maybe it's a little uh, heading to next year. But long-term, like, the offense is going to be good. The issue here is that you've got all of these starting pitchers available nothing in the minors and yes i guess that maybe they're just operating quietly but to this point we've just like they say they're going to act with urgency but they just haven't and the reason like the reason i'm willing to go there and say they haven't is because the reports that we hear are that they're out on rentals if they wanted to act with urgency they would do what the yankees did except with a rental pitcher is corbin burns the guy that you think could long term option okay well, then trade for him, show him why Boston is the place for him, and then give him the highest offer when he hits free agency. Like, I get that we don't want these guys to be one and done here, but if you know you're going to make a great offer and you know that your organization is good and it's going to be a place that the guy is going to like playing because you're going to win, then it's not a problem. But I don't know that they have that confidence. Gordo, you know who's amazing at that? The Cardinals. The Cardinals always do that. They'll bring in guys like Gold. I think they did it with Goldschmidt and Arenado. They bring them in on like expiring deals. They're like, look how great it is here. Then they offer them a fair or better than fair contract and they stick around. It's like, it's a great example. The part that is frustrating for all of us is that it's not that complicated, at least from our perspective. It's not that complicated. And we don't understand why these things aren't happening. Why have they not? And granted, I want to preface this by saying it is still early, but like the last few years, why are we not seeing anything in the way of improvement? It's just, it's frustrating, and again, I'm not panic button yet, but like, my hand might also be out of the pocket. It might be like the Arthur meme with the fist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it. it's out of. It's not. It's not like your hover. It's not like your hand is on the button. It's not like you're over the button, getting ready to push it. Like as soon as we hear ya- Yamamoto is like in deep negotiations with the Yankees, like my hand is hovering over the button right now. It's it's not in the pocket because it was in the pocket when. When we heard, oh, the Sox might get two frontline starters. Now it's out of the pocket and it's on my leg because now I'm just concerned if we're going to even get one. So when do you smash the button? The second I, I see a pass in report about anything regarding negotiations with the Yamamoto and the Yankees, I've hit it a hundred times already. If I see that tweet. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair because think about it. If, if the Yankees, they already have Soto. If they get Yamamoto too, like there is nothing you can do to even get to 50% of what they did and they were better than you last year. 
So yeah, yeah it, should, it should be there. I think I hit the panic button when Yamamoto signs somewhere if it's not Boston. I The rumors don't sway me that much just because it's like... What about deep, what about deep talks? Like every time it's deep talks, it always happens. He's oh, deep talks like, with the, like close when you know it's going to happen. That's different. Like with the Soto stuff, like yesterday at noon, we all knew yeah, it you was going to happen. They're like, oh, the, the medicals might fall through. But even if it falls through, Pat, you said this, they'll just switch the players. It doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, unless it gets to that kind of rumor, I guess you could say, where it's very abundantly clear that Yamamoto is going to X team, then I'll start to panic. But uh, Can I'm I pose you a question? I want to pose you a question. Say, say Yamamoto signs with the Yankees on Monday. What is your, like, what, obviously we panic. What, what, what do you do? What is the I next bur- move? I burn Fenway to the ground. If you're the Red Sox? Yeah. Is Otani gone? Yes, yeah, Otani went to the Dodgers. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, your baseball fucked. doesn't need to exist anymore. Like, it, say you sign Jordan Montgomery to a $100 million contract. You can't even be happy about that. It's no, not it's even like exciting. It's not fun at all. No, it's like you go to prom night and you get jerked up. It's just not what you want. <laughs> that sounds like a good prom night to me. No, but it's not what you wanted. Ah, uh, brother. <laughs> I'd take that. No, no, uh, no. I'm trying to think of a good one. Now keep going. Who could you trade for? There's nobody you can trade. Dylan Cease would be fine, but like it's not the same. You just maybe you make a move for Luis Robert, something like that, and you get like a crazy good offense or something. I don't know if if Yamamoto. I can't even think of like right-handed bats that I would want to trade for to give up major pieces. Like I like. I don't think you're going to like acquire too many right-handed bats that can lift your lineup up past what it was this, like in no, 2023, it's, right? Lou Bob or nobody. Okay, yeah, Gordon, and that's going to cost you what you currently have on the lineup. I got the one, the one answer that I think could match the Yankees for Yamamoto. And it's going to cost you fucking Anthony and or Meyer. George Kirby. That's the only way that you can match Yamamoto because that kid is a freak of nature and he has the lowest walk rate in baseball and he's that that guy's a monster so if you get george kirby <laughs> great but there goes your farm system so yeah uh, the yeah, issue, just the issue so simple the issue and, and kirby is like my favorite potential target so like speaking out of two sides of my mouth here but the issue with that with kirby is that if you get kirby like the se- the message that you're sending is we're getting a really good guy for now, but we want this guy to be the ace of the great teams of the next five years. But if you trade for Kirby, you're probably trading two, at least two of those top three guys. Is the next five years, in, like, are you getting better from the farm if you get Kirby? It like kind of contradicts itself. Like, there's, ugh, I don't know. I think fine. I think it's fine just because the Red Sox are unbelievable at developing bats. So if you got to give up two, like, it's like the Chris Sale trade uh, back from whatever what year was that? 2017 when they traded Moncada. Actually, that's not a great example because it was a pitcher and a and a bat. But still, Red Sox trade their top two prospects for an ace, and then they win the World Series a year later. Not the, the exact year, but the following year. So I don't mind it. I, it. We've we've hoarded the prospects long enough. The system is strong. It's a little bit top-heavy, but like, who cares? If you get a guy like George Kirby, you're one of the better teams in the league. By the way, you also have the 12th pick in the draft this year, so you're going to be getting another top prospect. So, that's true. Yeah, man, just do it. Just friggin' go Balls in and it, it, something's got to get, man. It, like, it's been three years. How many times do we have to say this? It's been three years of us being patient, understanding, 
you know, kind of like being in the corner of Red Sox ownership because of all the good stuff they've given us. But how long can we keep doing this? It's nauseating. I don't want another bridge year or unwatchable team. It sucks. It's quite literally a fever pitch. The, uh, you say you love the Red Sox, but have they ever loved you back? Like that, that is what is happening to the four of us right now. Love they haven't back. loved us back in a while. It's been a John, John yeah. I'm giving you the biggest hug in the world. I just want you to reciprocate it. Hey, there's your uh, episode title. Love us back. Love us back. All right. I like that. Uh, yeah. Let's just... Or not. So do we move on to the offense? Just, I mean, we kind of touched yeah. on it. I want to just dive into it. I'm Mike curious. Taylor. Like that, that's the biggest news right now. Can I can I go first on this? Can I go yeah. first on Michael A. Taylor? You're welcome to. When when Cotillo sent that tweet out, and it and it made me like harken back to our very first episode when we were talking about, I think it I think it was the first episode where it was like, who's a free agent you don't want them to sign? And I said Teoscar Hernandez. And I said, I just don't want them investing in a guy for three, four, five years that's gonna prevent them from going after that big fish or from getting at bats for their superstar young prospect when they're ready, when he's ready to come up. And it made me realize like, Oh God, like you're not going to, you're not going to get Teoscar for less than three years. You're not going to get Guriel for less than three years. So what outfielder are you going to get to replace Verdugo? It, and if it's not going to come from the trade market, I honestly think that the best option might be Michael A. Taylor. And I, I like him than all because he, last year and he plays some of the best center field defense in the league it's not ideal i would i i'm concerned about our offense and i would be concerned about our offense if they did that and he's like in the outfield but i'm not going to string the future of the organization just to get a mid player like teoscar hernandez see we're, we're kind of in a different boat i'm not worried about the offense much at all I think Duran is your leadoff guy. Great. You got Devers batting second. We know what he gives you. You got to find a right-handed bat to fit in the three hole. It doesn't need to be a superstar. Remember 2018, your number three hitter was a platoon between two, you know, veteran first basemen, Moreland and Pierce, lineup protection. Then you got Casas in his second season. I expect a big jump from him, probably like mid-30s home runs. He's a monster. Then you got a full year of story. He should get back on track. Full year of Yoshida without the, you know, I'm new, still learning kind of uh, excuse. Hopefully he'll get more DH reps. Um, and then, then you're at the bottom of the order. So no, I'm not, I'm not super concerned about the offense, especially, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Willie Abreu, our boy Thick Willie. I think if he's your number seven hitter playing a serviceable but not elite right field, nothing wrong with that. Then you got your second baseman and the uh, catching tandem. Uh, rounding it out. I think that's pretty good. Plus you're at Fenway Park. You're always going to hit. So um, I'm I'm fully, fully focused on pitching uh, and finding a good defender for second base because I think that'll also help with the uh, pitching issue. So no, I'm not I'm not too uh, pressed on the hitting situation. So well, with you wanting to put your right handed bat in what the three hole? You could do that. You could put story in the three hole, which isn't ideal, but like you can get. That's because I was going to say Whit Merrifield, like how we were talking oh, about fuck. him. Fuck no, that's no. what I mean. Like the the right handed bats that we were talking about patching up that second base slot, which I know uh, Breslow said he wanted a right handed outfielder, uh, specifically a center fielder, which is why we're talking about Michael A. Taylor. So like 
that kind of rules out the force at second base for a right-handed bat. But I still think that you can chase a right-handed bat. Jonathan India, I think the Reds can be convinced. So, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if we can bank on that, having, like, a right-handed bat in that middle slot. Or not the really middle slot, but that in the hole there. Here's well, the I mean, issue, you though. Also, be, you can also what, just get Justin Turner. Bring him back for another year or two. That'd be fine. I think he fits beautifully in there. If it's India, so I pref- like I really like Jonathan India. We've talked about this before. I would love to trade for him. I prefer a guy like Tommy Edmond for the defense. Um, but if you're getting Edmond for the bat, even like that's fine as well. It's not my preference, but still really good. I'll take that too. That guy hits so, seven. Let me let me bring up a scenario here. Say say they get like. They say they want a good defender at second base, and let's say they get Tommy Edmond, who is basically an average hitter, and they want someone who can play center field to be the right-handed bat. So let's say that that's either Adam Duvall or Michael A. Taylor. So to have a good offense, I here's what, going back to what you said because you went through and you you talked about how all these guys could put together these sorts of years, and then you got, then you have a good offense. I think your guarantees are Devers and Casas. Those are the guys that are going to be going to be really good. But if you're going to get a defense first, second baseman, you're not going to get very much offense out of that. You're not going to get very much offense out of the catcher position, whether it's Wong, Reese, or if they sign Maldonado, you're not getting offense there. Trevor Story, you're relying on a bounce back that he hasn't shown us that he's capable of. So I think that's tough to buy into that. Yoshida, we saw it in the first, the Morrison day. He, in the second half, he was really bad. So I feel really, really turn around. I will say I feel really I, good about him in his second year just because of how I feel good about him too. Like we know he's but, capable. I him do it for a full half. So, you know, I feel like with the acclimation, getting a little better. But but you're right. I, I understand there's not Sammy, it's any, not even just that. It's Duran too. Like we we don't know if Duran's gonna do this again. Like we yeah. and right field, Will you're Abreu, he did it for 25 games before that. He wasn't the top prospect ever. And we're relying on that. We're relying on a lot of stuff to go right for this offense. You're right, but it's so it's it's the Red Sox and it's Fenway. These are these are chances that I feel pretty comfortable taking, even with but the other team plays at Fenway too. You what? The other team plays at Fenway too. Not no, as I know, much though. You're getting eighty. Like the whole point of he, pl- yeah, yeah. But the games that you play at Fenway, the games that you play at Fenway, your opponent is also playing at Fenway. No, I understand. I'm just talking about getting the offense going as a like cohesive group. I think if yeah. you just put Justin Turner into that lineup at third, it looks way better. Or like a guy like Soler, if you want to get a little fancy and add kind of like a, a more flashier piece, then you got that guy. You know, you put him third, he's going to be seeing a ton of strikes because he's got Devers in front of him, Casas behind him, left, right, left. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like they have one more add and they're going to be pretty good offensively. I'm, I'm still just not... The biggest question mark is definitely Duran, though. Because he's been so up and down. It looked like it finally clicked last year. He's using that speed like he should. Um, more confident, which is what we wanted. So, yeah, it's a lot of risks. But, like, I would I would feel pretty confident in all those risks. It's not like putting, like, Pavetta in the rotation. Where you're like, oh, we've seen it. But, like, we're not super confident. It's it's like, no. Nah. Abreu mashed in AAA. He looked good. Duran looked like he finally clicked. Yoshida has a really long track record. Story's been an all-star two or three times. He knows what he's doing. And then you got Casas Endeavor. So, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of risks, but they're risks that I feel confident in, if that makes sense. In terms of center field, I am so incredibly out on Michael A. Taylor. 
But one guy who is like, I haven't seen a single rumor about this entire offseason so far, who I think is a perfect fourth outfielder that gives you legit defense, I would much prefer to give Harrison Bader a contract than Michael A. Taylor. I think the offensive ceiling is a little bit higher. He had some pretty good seasons in St. Louis. Battled the injury bug like every other Yankee since 2005. But I think defensively, it's, I would say, comparable. The speed in the bat is probably comparable, and he's like four years younger. I think I would much prefer, and plus, he had a down year. He is 100% signing a one-year proof deal somewhere. I wouldn't be opposed to it being with the Red Sox. But then what do you do with what do you do with my boy Duran? I'm saying fourth outfielder. I still think Duran starts in center. He absolutely should. Okay, but the problem with that is I feel like Bader could get a starting role somewhere just because he's he's got like, you know, average bat, great defense, center field. But here here's an option. Uh sign Bader, make him the center fielder, move Duran to left uh field, less pressure on him defensively. Then you got Bader in center, Duran in left, Yoshida's your primary DH. Could do that, but then your offense kind of takes a hit because you're going without yeah. a turtle. It's a lot, so, of contact, that's, not a lot of contact. But that's that is where my concern is because if you listen to their quotes, like they basically just say, "Yeah, we can see these things, but we're focused on pitching. We're focused on pitching. Focused on pitching. Focused on pitching." So- <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I, yeah, I can't. Focus on- go ahead, Gordo. Continue. <laughs> Sorry, Gordo just had a thought about. Yeah, no, Gordo, land this plane so we can instantly just get into what you just put in the chat. We're we're addressing it. We can. That we'll is a, it, it is not a no no. We are going to talk about it. <laughs> Holy moly! I okay, good, good, good. I'm that. glad. I'm go- <laughs> it's a pro Hideki podcast, as we've uh, stated in the past. We uh, <laughs> we don't like the, the house that Hideki built. We do like Hideki. We don't like the Yankees. We do like Hideki. So, all right, what, I'm going to finish my thought and then I'm going to jump right into my enough said. So enjoy. If they if want a guy who can play center field, it feels like they would sign like or Michael A. Taylor or Adam Duvall, and it's like, okay, you're going to be the primary center fielder and we'll push Duran to left, which I'm pretty sure, I think Jen McCaffrey also had a report that they feel good about Duran as the left fielder. So it kind of feels like in that regard, they push Yoshida to DH and maybe like filter him into the field and all that stuff. Just feels like if they do something like that and they let Justin Turner go, the offense is, is no bueno. Yeah, I think you do have to get as much as I say I'm not worried about the offense, I do think you have to get an above average bat for that DH slash second base slash right field, wherever they end up. You do need one more. It doesn't have to be Luis Robert, even though I'm obsessed with the guy and talk about him all the time. Shoehorn it. Yeah, it could be Justin Turner. We, we, I feel like we all like fell in love with Justin Turner last year um, with his heroics and how awesome he was. And you guys see he's still in Boston right now. He's walking yep. his dogs in Brookline and... Dude, if you're not he was, from, uh, he was a Vermont guy a couple weeks ago, was he not? Yeah, yeah. And if you're not from Boston and you stay here in the winter, you probably like it because it sucks here in the winter. So I don't know. Museums, you can do that stuff. How would you guys? Okay, here hypothetical. Before we move on to enough said, Red Sox re-sign Justin Turner, and then your lineup is Duran, Devers, Turner, Casas, whatever story, Yoshida, etc. Your second baseman, kind of similar to last year but you get a full year of story. I'm cool with that. I don't hate it. It's just Turner is now eating up time that you can have Devers DH and take days off in the field or Cassis DH and take days off in the, which you can always put Turner back at first base, but 
it's also the fact that he's not a first baseman. So I, yeah. it, I, he's a nice band-aid, but that also, if we get to the point where we're having to sign him for a right field bat, I'm looking at this offseason as once again, like Craig Breslow effed up. Like he should have done much better. This is why I really like the idea of Jamer Candelario, who just signed with Cincinnati. Switch hitter, put him third. He can play first. He can play third. He can DH. He's done all three. He did all three of those things last year. He he was your Black Friday uh, pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Now he's gone. Yeah. Sad. But just like this episode, it will soon be gone. But you can always listen back to it. Go subscribe anywhere that you listen. Um, But before it is gone, we've got some enough seds to hit. And that's why we're cackling <laughs> i like i i don't know what yeah. just happened while you guys not know the story? Was both like making a point and getting horny okay oh. I'm, 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 I'm very happy that sammy and coop don't know this story wait do you guys not know the story i do no they don't I'm sammy you don't know out. you don't know this story i don't i don't i don't think so okay okay this is great how do you because, not, how do you not know if you don't know this? I feel like you would know this story. If, oh, because it okay. rings a bell. What what Gordo? Just go ahead. This this came into my feed because Hideki Matsui, I think, was present at a Yamamoto meeting with the Yankees, and someone brought. I wish I knew who wrote the story so I could, but it's a screenshot of an article. And it says Hideki Matsui. This is from back when he was about to retire. Hideki Matsui is set to announce his retirement from baseball sometime in the near future. So we can finally enjoy his enormous porn collection. Godzilla, as he's known in Japan, has been stockpiling and trading pornos with Japanese writers for years, ultimately amassing around fifty-five thousand films. That's One his number. Japanese. His number fifty-five. How Wait, I call him? Is this like One, from like New York? Hold on. Short porch. Hold on. One Japanese journalist put it simply: "Quote: Matsui is a horny guy." All of us are horny, more or less, but Matsui doesn't attempt to hide the fact. <laughs> Dude, this is not a joke. This is on Complex. It's on Deadspin. It's on NewYorkYankeesFans.com. And it's on Reddit. Ask oh, NewYorkYankeesFan.com. That, that my yeah, number one accredited source this for is all why, This is why we're, we're a Red Sox podcast. We can't stand the Yankees. We appreciate a good Hideki. We love a good horn we dog. We're big. Do you think? Have you guys seen like there is this guy who's trying to track down? I think like a million VHS copies of Titanic. Do you think that there's any duplicates in Matsui's collection? Like, is it just like, is it Will no. Chamberlain type stats? Like, I'm it's sure not there's really, a. Like, that I'm sure there's wild. a a Titanic type movie that was not directed by James Cameron that Hideki Matsui owns. What's a good like baseball porno name? Oh God! I was gonna make my enough said before this about the cool bobbleheads that dug me out. They released (laughs) Doug Fister. Doug. (laughs) One of one of my. uh... (laughs) If the dick fits. (laughs) No. Oh God! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God! Oh. One of my buddies' fantasy names when we were a kid, he had Doug Fister and Kyle Loesch on it, so he was Fister till she's Loesch. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
the Patriots just scored. Shit! No! Wait, what? Was it a touchdown? That's my Patriots! Yeah. Boo! Go lose. All right, let's lose. wrap up this enough said. Uh, I got to catch right, the I'll Patriots getting a win. Um, yeah, so my enough said is about the Mets. I'm so sick of hearing about the Mets. We see, uh, I think it was two days ago, it was on Tuesday, that friggin' Steve Cohen is all the way to Japan to have dinner and smell like ham with Yamamoto. And I'm just, I don't want to, oh, they, they signed so many big free agents last year and they still suck. They should have to like take a year off from signing guys. I'm just, you know who they are? The Mets are that guy you played baseball with who absolutely sucks, but has the nicest gear. He's got like the yeah. nicest bat you've ever seen. But he doesn't even, like he's on the bench. He puts yeah, he's on, on the, the bench, bench but he's like, he's, yeah, he's dressed like he's friggin' Francisco Lindor, but he's sitting on the bench because he blows. That's the Mets. I'm just, don't, oh my God. If they sign Yamamoto, that would be so disappointing. It'd be like, oh, great, okay. Do you think Another if Yamamoto awesome. found out about his thermalba, ther, thermalbehide? Thermaldehyde? Is that how you say Thermaldehyde. it? Thermaldehyde. 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 Yeah, Marlboro. Marlboro. Ther- Do you know that he has a thermaldehyde? Fuck. Thermaldehyde shark in his uh, office. Who? Yeah. Steve Cohen? Gary Cohen. Or Steve Cohen. I don't know. He just looks like he smells like ham. Like, like a hamstock. Because I just said Gary Cohen. You, you haven't said anything right. No. Oh, but I just. From that's a tough word. That's multiple syllables. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 getting kind of out on Steve Cohen. I was someone that was originally like he's very good for baseball, but I'm quickly learning that he's just. I mean, he I would do what he's doing if I was a billionaire, just throwing random money at players that I like. But I, as far I, as building like a good, he's the Jerry Jones of baseball now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just so sick. I feel like when he when he like wakes up in the morning, he goes like. <laughs> makes a gross noise Ugh. just so he sick kind of looks like an egg yeah he looks like an egg his egg hat doesn't fit get a hat that fit. you're a millionaire get a friggin' hat that fits your head you slob anyway not a fan <laughs> oh and i'm sick of it the novelty's worn off get out of here uncle steve you bum the connecticut fans are gonna hate this because we originally made a union with them over connecticut oh i like mets fans mets fans are cool they hate the yankees too i'm just sick of the team and steve cohen like stop taking all these players and having them waste away and your second class franchise i I used to love frankie lindor um but on that note i'll pat you got you got enough said i got got a quick one i got a very quick one one. all right i'll have you end it then uh my enough said is that uh HBO has a massive fan in uh, John Triver. That dude, that dude, that MF loves himself some HBO. He shot me a, a great Tom Wom scam uh, meme today. So shout out to him for tickling my uh, my funny bone middle of the day with Tom Wom scam times person of the year. Um, but I'm I'm Greg Army. So if if Shrivey's listening, just know that I'm a Greg guy. Should have had the should have had the throne. Um, but Pat, what's up? I am sick and tired. And I will say this. It's never Passin. It's never Rosenthal. It's mostly the beat guys. And it's mostly the New York beat guys. I've mentioned his name by accident several times. So I will not mention it again. But mostly the New York beat guys who tweet out a deal is done that is not done. 
if you tweet out a deal is done or like being finalized and it does not finish within the next hour, you lose your credentials for two weeks. <laughs> I think you should lose your, you should get the re, like the clock reset on your Hall of Fame vote. You should, because it's, that Juan Soto trade was done for like 36 hours. Yeah. I, I like, went to bed like being like, oh, like it'll be finalized by the time I woke up. And even when I woke up, I was like, I really don't know who's going where right it's now. It's like being finalized, Verdugo going to San Diego. Close to being finalized, Verdugo is not in the package. Trent Grisham has been taking out. Trent Grisham is going. It's Schmidt and King. No, 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 it's just King. Actually, wait. Like, no one gives a shit who reports it first. All they care about is it's a, like, done report. Pisses me off. Sorry. No, don't be sorry, Pat. Be you. I agree. Integrity. Integrity. Uh, on that note, uh, actually, real quick, enough said. Uh, congrats to Joe Castiglione. I mean, yeah. this is the Red Sox podcast at WEI. We've got to give a big shout out to the newest Hall of Famer from, uh, from New England is Joe Castiglione. Voice of the Boston Red Sox, voice of my childhood. Uh, countless <laughs> nights being ushered around in my dad's truck from different sporting events and just having Joe Castiglione being like the voice of my summer. Um, so he won the Ford C. Frick Award, which is the broadcaster of the, the year. It's one broadcaster every year gets selected by the Hall of Fame to be inducted along with all the players and some of the journalists. Um, so it, on, it incredible honor. Awesome that Joe Castiglione will be enshrined in the game of baseball forever as he should be. Um, so yeah, I, I can, I can pretty much believe it. I don't know about you guys. Um, so maybe, maybe we'll have to do Cooperstown part two, Pat. Oh, hell yeah. I think it was the uh, Benintendi catch against Houston when he fell over in his, yeah, so good. I fell out of my chair. I had I had a midterm the very next day after that, and I was studying in the library, listening to that, and I remember being at a cubicle and like shooting up after hearing it, and just like people were people on either side of me. This was in Gelman, uh, Gordo, sixth floor, and uh, I just oh. remember shooting up, hands in the air, and a couple girls to like my left just like saw me and just started like giggling, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm a big loser, um, so. I mean, every every moment of my like life, I think I've had Joe Castiglione memory. So big shout out to him. Love that. The greatest, the greatest to ever do it. Goat. Uh, on that note, this has been Play Tessie episode 12. Thank you for joining me, Coop, uh, Sammy, Pat, and Gordo down on the ground in Nashville. I don't know. Are we going to have any more reports or have the Gordo reports wrapped up? Uh, in Nashville, they're wrapped up in Nashville. I'll, okay. I won't. Yeah, we might have done from Nashville. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but have a great, have a great weekend. Have a great Friday. This has been Play Tessie. Toodaloo.